Yo, 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 Thought Warriors. What is up? Our learning is on. It is I, Van Lathan Jr. And it's me, Rachel and Lindsay. Rachel, what's Go on Go ahead. Face? Just just, just get it out of the way. <laughs> I knew that? you were going to ask questions. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm not putting I'm not putting my appearance over my uh, skincare today. I just right. I just don't care. I I think I really internalized stress. Right. And it is it is coming out all over my face. I had to have an emergency facial. This sounds it, this is so extra, I know. But I had to have an emergency <laughs> facial Why? because my skin this is the worst outbreak I've ever had and I really but like I like I said in all seriousness, I think I really uh-huh. internalized stress. So I really right. need to deal with some other things. You so look I like- have some blemish buster on my uh-huh. face. Right. right now, so it can you know help out after because like I had a whole treatment uh-huh. in the middle of a move. You know, I'm moving, right. so that's what I thought it was. I thought that you were painting or something, and you just had that's to paint on said. your face. And then it was like <laughs> you got the paint on your face, and you didn't want to like stop it because I'm too into it. I do the podcast, I jump out of it. it Look like I thought you had paint. That's what on your I should have said. And then you would have been like, "Wipe it off," and I would have said, "No." Right. And then we would have been right here. I'd also like to point out that I take the advice of thought lawyers. You will see in my hand is a Celsius. Okay. I ask for alternative options um, when it comes to uh, the Red Bull, Bull. healthier ones. And they told me about Celsius. So I'm drinking a Celsius sparkling wild berry. Essential energy accelerates metabolism and burns body fat. Celsius. (laughs) Live fit. (laughs) Rachel. <laughs> Sorry, I, I got went into QVC mode for a second. Jesus just, it's, Christ. It's <laughs> like, did you guys see that? Rachel be out here getting these coins. We need a coin drop. <laughs> Whenever she gets into her bag. So you, you know what one of the most frustrating times in my life was? So right. I've always I've always had like oily skin, right? My skin's always mm-hmm. been oily. Uh, I remember even the girls in high school used to be like, man, you got oily skin. I'd be like, that sounds like a dish once you get out of my face. Uh, <laughs> but like, I never went through an acne period, ever. Never had a time in my life where I had acne until I got to be about 32. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, there are pictures. I can show you the pictures. I went about two years without a clear without a clear face and it wasn't just the fact that it was acne they hurt yeah it was like going through right now it was like painful cystic acne they call it and like Mm -hmm. they were and i had to and i had to like dedicate literally six months of like really paying attention to my face like getting a facial every week using toner, using retinol, like spraying mist on my face before I would play basketball. <laughs> it's like the whole nine. Like I really had to like, it took like a regimen of six months to a year to get it to the point to where it's cool. And now I don't do anything to my face and I just never get blemishes anymore. It's hormonal. I mean, I never had an issue with my skin until I moved to California. So I'm going on two years of back and forth having to deal with it. Never. You know how I used to wash my face? Rubbing alcohol. That's all I would do. Just rub, just just put rubbing alcohol on my face. If I had a little thing, just put a little something there. Next day, it was gone. Just sometimes I just wipe down the whole face with rubbing alcohol. Can't do that anymore. 
I guess it's hormonal. Maybe it's environmental because I came from, you know, a Miami climate where, you know, it's uh -huh. humid and everything to out here. Right. But ever since I've been here, I haven't been right. You haven't been right. Does, do they so hurt? So I'm coming up on two years. It's this outbreak. I've never, I, I walked in and she's like, I've never seen your face like that before. I don't know if it was going home. Talk to me like that. You know, yeah, she talks to me like that, though. But like, she talks to me like that. <laughs> she talks to me like that. I never seen like your that, face though. like that, nigga. She's like, but she's like that, though. No, I, I like, you can be brutally honest to me. I know what I look like. I've seen it. She's right. It's never been like that. I've been going to her for it since I got here. I think it's hugging. I was, you know, I was home. My face was touching people. Hairs on my, I really think I just had just a bad reaction. Just, yeah, it's... I can't take this off. Believe me, it looks better this way than the other way. That's because you went to Texas. And when you came back to Texas, like you came back from Texas, your soul jumped out of your body. Like we want to leave all the bad abortion, fucking backwards ass Texas energy. <laughs> and your soul just jumped out of your face, but it went too quickly and it turned into some bumps. You bumpy as fuck. Fuck it. Who cares? You bumpy. Thanks, thanks. Next time I'll just come to you for the diagnosis. Thanks. I can't even see this is all the toxins coming out. I got you. I can't even see it. Like, yeah, I can't even. I can't even see it. Like, cause they're done on your forehead, which is good. So I can't even see no, them from no, right here. No, like, no, I never you, really you have really any got on the my forehead. Stuff on, it's but always, it looks like you got it's, it. It's where the mask. It's where the mask is. It's when I wear. Like, maybe that's where it started. I don't know. But being back home since you said that, oh, seeing my grandmother was everything. My spirit is always good after I see my grandmother. Well, she I'm was so glad about I got to go home. She cooking? Uh, no, no, my grandmother's health's declining, so she's she can't she can't cook, she can't do all the things that she used to. But right. I'm her favorite, so you know she was like, they told me you were coming, but I didn't believe them. So you know, I just sat there and talked to her for hours. She likes to watch church all day. She likes to watch the news. She right. talked about what was going on in the world. She has a crush on Brian. So yeah. I showed her some topless photos of Brian. Jesus. Um, right. <laughs> I did. <laughs> with, the shirt, with the shirt off. Um, we just reminisce. I used to live with her for a summer. Like We just talk about old times. It's just, it's just good. It just warms my spirit. Love my grandmother so much. Speaking of grandmothers, my grandmother had a birthday. Mama. Mamo had a birthday. It's very special, special time. Mamo had a birthday. Uh, she's uh, she's a very vibrant eighty-four years old. Ooh, she looks fantastic. She's doing good. She's great. Really good. Yeah, she's doing. She's doing. She's doing great. Uh, lot of stuff going on back in Baton Rouge. I bought that. I bought my mom an electric bike for her birthday. I think we talked about this a little bit. Uh, we did. Yeah, she <laughs> we did. she hasn't been able to ride the electric bike. What's I wrong? Want, it's just the weather hasn't been good enough. Mm. Now here's okay, my problem. Was... Here's my problem, Mama. I love you. I want to tell you right now how much you mean to me, and I'm glad that I bought the bike for you. Bike was a couple of G notes. Okay. Get your ass out there and ride the bike. I don't care if you got to put a slicker suit on, if you got to have an umbrella. I ain't going to bike. The bike costs a little used car. You know what I'm saying? Get out there and ride that goddamn electric bike. That's what the one I'm talking about. Let me and tell you something. Ride the bike, mama. Mama, 
The bike, bike. The bike is a gift. It is a gift. If she wants to sit that bike in her room and stare at it because it's pretty, she can do that. Because at this point, you have gifted it to her and whatever she wants to do or not do with it is her right. I don't agree with this kind of stuff. Well, you can't, so let you me ask can't you a question. give a gift with orders. Yes, you can. Let me ask you a question. <laughs> if you give a gift, let's say you buy Brian a nice shirt. <laughs> and then Brian brings the shirt back. Do you feel played? That's not what she's she's not bringing. Whoa, it. That'd be the, wait a the, second. The, no, no, no. Whoa, the, the equivalent would Whoa. be him not wearing it. If it's I the, give Brian a bike and he doesn't wear, I mean, a, a oh. shirt and he doesn't wear it, that's the equivalent. You that's can't change the, the rules. She didn't the, take the bike back. That's no, you different. Hold on. I'm not changing the rules. That's the one to one. The one to one would be him not wearing the shirt. But that's mm-hmm. not what you said. What you said was once you gave a gift, you oh, give the I gift. Did. That's I what did. you said. The one to one, you're definitely you're right. The one to one would be, hey, but that's not what you said. So what I'm saying is it does matter what happens to the gift once you give it. If it, it was a shirt, I wouldn't care. If it was a shirt, what would you care about? Is that you bought something for Brian and he gave it back? If it was expensive. Right. If it was expensive. If it was expensive, if it was like a piece of jewelry or something like that. That'd be I so would. funny if you bought Brian like a chain <laughs> and then Brian was, and then all of a sudden Brian is like, he's going to Spain with his homies. He's like, why are you, why are you do go to, what's going to Spain? He's like, yeah, I took the chain money. <laughs> I used it to a trip to Spain. If Brian had to go on a guy's trip, him and three other guys, who would be the guys Brian would go on the guy's trip with? Uh, they call themselves, they have a, a group chat called The Thread. And it would be, <laughs> it would through. be the, it would be those guys, his friends that he grew up with in the neighborhood. Not even the ones from college. It would be those, the ones he grew up with. Do they, uh, are they, are they like, would you, would there be any bachelor niggas there? No, not in that crew. Right. See, cause Brian's, let me tell you something. Brian's old friends are not going to get along with the bachelor niggas. That's not true. Cause they did at the wedding. Yeah, they they pretended like they did for the sake of the <laughs> That's not your true. old friends. Your old friends that you grew up with, they don't really be fucking with these new adult Hollywood friends that you make. They don't fuck with them people like that. They might they might do it for a wedding. There is but some they, truth to that. I'm thinking about bachelorette party. definitely true. There's There's like, so they don't true fuck with these new people. They all they always <laughs> dropping in little hints. You know what I'm saying? Trying <laughs> that's to one. True. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Trying to one up each other. Damn, nigga, I ain't never known you to eat sushi. That's not the type of shit we eat from where we from. Don't forget where you from, nigga. That is so we true. Cook catfish, <laughs> the fried catfish. <laughs> come out here, like, bruh, bruh, bruh. These niggas, bruh, they come out here, bruh. These, these, bruh, these niggas that <laughs> I never, I'm not gonna tell you the name of like, uh, so, so one of my friends came out here. And he visited for a, for a month. Okay. So this is okay. So this is who this is. This is uh. So Ian's big brother Emmett is okay. Basically player proof. He's not player proof. He's okay. older than us, so they had their own clique. Their clique was called the uh, the Down South Polars. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> like player proof, much better. Uh, their clique was called the Down South Polars. That was the name of their crew. It was like Emmett and Womack and Diedrich and 
Yeah, they, they had a rotating rotating group of the DSP down south folders. And so, but Emmett is like basically one of us because we all family, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, me and Ian were the same age, so we we clicked up, but we all family. I go over to Emmett's house. I go to Ian's house. Emmett's there. I see Emmett. Emmett is like my, I love Emmett to death, like my mm-hmm. own brother. We all family. So Emmett wanted to move to LA. Emmett is a very eclectic brother. Probably the best, purest heart that you'll ever know. Just like Aww. super giving, like super giving, but like he's eclectic, right? And he's very himself. So, you know, Emmett comes out to the club. He comes out to LA and he's just so, he makes friends so easily that it was like annoying to Kalika. <laughs> Kalika's not really the type to like talk to the neighbors and shit. A little bit. But not as much. So, you know, we would come home. She's, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. She, she, mm-hmm. She's very friendly, but she's not like the type no, of like. No, I got you. She's not like, you know, talk to the neighbors. She's not going to go out of her way. Yeah, especially. And she's gotten, as the years have progressed, she's gotten better about it. But at that point, that little space is really not as much. So we would come home and Emmett would be like, the neighbors would be gathered around. And Emmett would be like playing his guitar for them. And it would just aggravated the shit out of him <laughs> we would come home Emmett would be like he'd have his jacket and he'd be giving the neighbor a jacket and adjusting the jacket on him like that looks good on you you can have it we like yo and then also you know Emmett would have guests in the house it was a little one bedroom in Hollywood Emmett would have guests in the house and all of that stuff and it just it wasn't a good situation having Emmett stay with us for a while that he did it ended up being something that didn't really work out Everybody loves Emmett. I love Emmett to death. He's got a new son. He's he's married. The whole nine's great. I remember one day he was going to the club, right? He wanted to go to the club. I didn't want to go to the club. It was when Emerson was popping. And the guys that I play basketball with, they uh they run these places. They run these doors. So I was like, yo, he's like, yo, come to Emerson tonight. I'm like, I can't come to Emerson. I can't. I don't want to come to Emerson. It's Tuesday night. I've been here for a while. I'm not looking to party, but you can go. Just ask for Franz or Vic when you get to the door. It'll be straight. Mm-hmm. So he goes there and I'm thinking he gets in, right? So it's like maybe like one o'clock in the morning, like 1231 o'clock in the morning, my phone rings. <laughs> I answer the phone and it's Emmett and he is hot. Like, yo, nigga, your boy is real bourgeoisie. Like you're like, bro, your nigga straight up Hollywood on some superficial bullshit. I'm like, yo, whoa. Like, <laughs> Don't sound bro, like him. <laughs> uh-huh. Nah, he's a, he's a, whoa. Hold on for a second. Let me tell you something about Emmett. Emmett Spooner. A nigga she that will old government fu- out there. <laughs> a nigga that will hold on, hold on. Emmett is the nicest guy in the world. Play with him if you want. Especially the old Emmett will flip and beat your motherfucking ass. Him and him. They're not, Bozeman, stop. I'm talking about your uncles. Him and Ian. Like, will flip and beat your ass. So, anyway, he's there and uh, and he's like complaining about the fact that I guess he's not getting into Emerson. I guess I wasn't there. Maybe they don't believe you. There's a lot of people that could have gone there and been like, yo, Van said whatever, whatever, or whatever. So, he comes back and he looks at me and he goes, like the next day, he goes, bro, you didn't introduce me to some niggas out here. I just want to let you know. Every nigga you introduce me to in this fucking city is old puss ass nigga. 
All of them, bro. Can't none of these niggas get it out the mud like we get it out the mud in Baton Rouge. Can't none of these niggas slang what we slang. Can't none of these niggas do what we do. And that was the mentality that all of my homeboys had when they met my LA friends. Didn't I haven't introduced anyone to anyone out here that has ever, ever, ever been friends. They don't like them. They don't want to hang out with them. They think they Hollywood. They think they bougie. They think they fake. None of them. You've been out here this long. None of them. No. Like, it's like, it's like a, I think sometimes I feel like, and maybe Ian, because Ian's been out here the most. Because I was going to say, Ian got along with everybody when I was around. He got along with a lot of people, but like, it's different. It's it's like, it's kind of like, you're not going to see him hanging out with too many niggas. Plus, he ain't fake. (laughs) Like he, like like he, he didn't know how. He is good at social situations. He didn't know how to get through a social situation. Like he knows how to get, but then he, he not gonna fuck with you like that. He, he not like this. But what I'm saying is that that's one of the things that I've actually had a problem doing, which is melding my friend life from home with the friends mm-hmm. that I've met out here. And now, really, to be honest with you, just over in the last year or so. I've made more friends in LA that are close to us and actually part of our family, like you, like the Midnight Boys, like people like that, that I feel like actually really close to because I'm getting older, right? So I'm I'm collecting mm-hmm. people now. And um I just I was just worried sometimes that which I think which is weird. The reason why I think we get along because we both from Texas, you know, we're from, from no, we both from sure, the sure. South, Louisiana, the South. Texas. Mm-hmm. But I worry sometimes that those are two worlds I'll never be able to put together. That like I'm always gonna be Louisiana van and then LA van and there's there'll never be anything in the in, in the middle. See, I actually think that I would get along very well with your Louisiana friends, but but maybe it's different. Maybe it's a different guy girl dynamic. Maybe that's I don't know. Maybe there's something that's different. You kind of like a female Ian though. You get along with everybody, but then you'll soup kitchen the nigga like quick. Ian and I were cool. I said yeah, <laughs> you'll soup that's kitchen right. the nigga quick. Don't mess yeah. with me. Don't fuck don't up. Don't mess with me. You like a yeah, because I y'all you you are kind of like a female Ian. You're not fake. And when I say Ian is fake, I mean he's, he's <laughs> yeah, fake. Yeah, you did say he was fake. What you trying to say? <laughs> Ian is fake. So let me ask you a question: Who's your most Ian problematic? Ian listens to this podcast. I'm look, Ian, look, can't wait Ian, for him to hear this. Look, Ian, <laughs> hold on for a second. Ian knows how fucked up I am. I know how fucked up Ian is. We all know how fucked up. Like the player proof, we cannot hide from each other. Like <laughs> there's stories I could tell you. About what it's like, I wish, I wish I could tell some of the stories that we, the things that we've been through, and the stuff that we've had to do together, and the shit we just had to put it behind us. I wish I could tell them. You should write a book under a different name and tell these stories. Then the niggas would you be really so should. mad. They're already <laughs> in my, they're in my book, and I don't I know figured. how they're gonna, I don't know how they're gonna respond to it. Really? Yeah. You think they'll read it? Because my friends, a lot of my close friends, didn't read it. Why? Because they didn't want they didn't want to know what like. I but see, I didn't really talk. I, I didn't really talk about my girlfriends like that. I had a, a whole essay on it. It was too much. I moved it. I took it out. I took it out. It's too revealing. I took it out. I had a whole chapter on friendship. Took it out. I kept you know, reading, it and I was like, no, no. I, it was therapeutic for me to write, and I'm done. That's it. I'll, I'll share with you one story from the book right now. Oh, 
Thought I'll Warriors. Sh- I'll share with you one story from the book. Okay. So there's a whole chapter dedicated to being the fat guy in the crew. Like, and okay. I might have told this story. Did I ever tell you the Cash Money Records story with the girl? Was this the car ride story? The car and ride the dancing? story. And the and dancing. The da- yeah. Yeah. So that yeah. story, so that story is in that story is in the book. But that like, that's the type of shit. Like, my niggas were always super. I'll tell you a different story. <laughs> is this in the book? <laughs> this is in the book. And okay. this is a and this is about, and this story is exemplary. It exemplifies, should I say, the relationship of the player-proof crew. Okay. Okay. We would put the drive on each other. And when we would put the drive on each other, there was it was like no holes barred. Like we would have these, it wasn't like, yo, this, like whatever, whatever. Like we we wouldn't make fun of each other in ways that were just regular ways. We go, Ian specifically was known for something we call in the crew, the low blow. Like, let's say- Okay. Uh, okay, he goes too far. He goes super far. He would always bring it out. <laughs> so let's say me and you driving back and forth. I drive you because okay. you got something on your face. You drive me because I'm fat. <laughs> I drive you because, I don't know, you flunked out of school or some shit like that or whatever. And then you come back and you say to me, that's why your girl was fucking this other nigga and blah, blah, oh blah, blah, blah. That's the type of shit. So it's not funny. It's oh, it's real. There's a car ride to <laughs> Memphis from 2002 that is legendary. We actually taped it and we had to, as a crew, destroy or lose the tape so that this the evidence of how bad we talked to each other was gone. We went ape shit on each other. Really, it was just Ian and Gino. Okay, so I'll give you an example. One day, me and one member of the crew are at his house. Mm-hmm. And there is a news broadcast that happens, right? These are mm-hmm. these are two guys that actually kind of one of them was more in player proof. Uh and w- the other one really wasn't in player proof as much. Like it's not Ian or Gino. Uh they they're in player proof, but they were more like player proof associates, right? Okay. Adjacent. But, Adjacent, but this is still how crazy things went, right? Um, so we're in the house and we're watching television. Uh, and I just come home. We had just come back from Southern, from Southern University, and we're at, at the crib and we're watching TV. And a news broadcast alert comes on. A news broadcast says, "Blam, blam, 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 arrested for whatever." One of the Somebody related to one of our crew members had been arrested and it was on the news. And it oh, was wow. like a, there was like the news people were showing this person being led into like the the uh the the station or whatever. And mm-hmm. we're shocked while we're watching it, right? We're shocked while we're looking at it. Because like, y'all oh all God. know this person. Yeah, everybody, okay, we okay. all know this person, right? Okay. We all know this person and we, we're all cool and like we're all cool with the family and all of this stuff. So as we're watching this, one of the homies that's with me, he leaves and goes to his room and he mm-hmm. comes back with a blank tape. He puts the tape in the VCR and when the news comes on at 12 o'clock, 
He tapes it. Okay. Just in case this other nigga ever went too far in the drive battle, he wanted to have the moment that a relative of his was being arrested live on TV <laughs> as a round in the chamber in case things went crazy. We all had to actually have a meeting where it was like a, a summit <laughs> where we much. had to be like, where we had to be like, yo, because we all would talk about these weapons of mass destructions that we had. We had bad <laughs> dick reports that females had given to us. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, like you would have, you would be with a girl and she would give a bad dick report, but then the rest of the crew wouldn't know about it. And then like at the end of the day, you could bring out this bad dick report. Hey, just let you know. So-and-so say you ain't got no dick work. Boom, boom, boom. All of these different things that had gone on, we were holding on to them in order to unleash them at the right moment. That's how toxic it was the most loving, toxic brothership, brotherhood that you could ever imagine. Let me ask you, did anybody go too far to the point where like it was the point of no return? Because it seems like y'all would forgive each other by the end of the day or maybe even in the moment. It just it is what it is, is what y'all do in the crew. But was there ever a point where they were just like, no, you went too far? So. It wasn't the point of no return because of the drive. I do feel like two members of our crew went to the point of no return because of an actual fist fight that happened. Oh. Yeah. There oh, was a so fist y'all fight. got physical too. This is one time there was a fist fight. We have to get into the show, but oh, yeah, I'm going to if you guys if you guys want to hear the story of the player proof meltdown fist fight of 2001 just let us know because it was a doozy and the reverberations of this fight in my opinion are still being felt today in the crew why and y'all didn't break them up i mean you don't need to get in details but y'all were just like let them go at it we weren't there so it was it was two player proof (laughs) members and another non-member and they were getting ready to go somewhere and a fight broke out. And then the rest of us, we weren't there. But we sure enough heard about it. Mamas was involved. <laughs> Whatever. Right. Love these guys. All of those guys have, have turned out to be amazing men. And of all, the, of, all, of all of them, of all of them, I am the most proud. The most proud. I'm actually proud of all of them equal. My whole boys are really amazing. And Ian is just, you know, an amazing father. And he's an amazing ex-husband and future husband. <laughs> he's a dick. He's a dick. <laughs> All right, uh, let's take a break. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. You could be doing anything this week, right? You've got work, errands, friends, and a whole lot of fun in between. That's why the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the capable SUV that's built for your life. With premium interiors, available wireless charging, and room for your whole cargo and crew. Okay, Hyundai. Visit HyundaiUSA.com to learn more about the all-new 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. All right, the big deal. We're back at Howard. We're back at Howard University. Man. God damn, Howard. (laughs) Now, remember we talked about Howard before. What was it? The students had went on strike because... It was what well, what was going on. They had like the, the conditions at Howard the were facilities. so poor. Yeah, yeah, the facilities they were living in were subpar. Yeah. And we had Donnie come on. Donnie, 
Remember, you talked a little bit about your experience at Howard. If you want to refresh people's minds at Howard, uh, like what was it like going there when you were a student? Uh, yeah, I was living in Drew Hall my freshman year, the only year I spent at Howard. And uh, we had uh, roaches real bad, mice, and um, I almost got expelled because of uh, this leakage that happened in the um, the laundry room. Uh, there was like a bunch of feces all over the floor. And uh, Oh my God, I don't yeah. remember all this. Yeah, yeah. With uh, Dean Jungle Love, the Q. Wait, Dean, so, okay, stop. So you, I remember that part, and you didn't have to put that in there. Wow. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. So there were a lot of roaches in your dorm? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's the thing. It was in my dorm. My dorm was especially bad. Not all of the dorms were as bad as mine. I think I stayed in the worst dorm on campus. So right. I got, like, uh, the worst example of an experience. So do you think that maybe the roach you think the roaches were a Howard problem? Were y'all just being some nasty ass niggas in there leaving ho hos, ding dongs, <laughs> different cheeses and things like that around y'all room attracting Tiny roaches and rats? <laughs> nah, I think Tiny. the answer is both. The answer is probably See? both. Yeah. It's your fault. But isn't that just college students? You exactly. know what I mean? Yeah. So Donnie well, anyway. lost his scholarship because of this and had to go to Michigan. Donnie had to go to Michigan. Don this is what Donnie did. <laughs> Donnie said, fuck y'all niggas. <laughs> this is what Donnie did. Donnie said, Donnie went. Donnie, Donnie's probably walking around in Michigan, breathing the white air. Like, 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 like Jesus Christ. Donnie's registering his for his classes all in like 30 minutes, going, My God, I can't believe it. Eating filet mignon and all of that stuff. Anyway, so Donnie, Donnie said had, he tried. He tried. I, he tried. That's all you can ask. All you can ask is that you try with these niggas. And then after they blow it, fuck it, baby. Maze in blue. Go big blue. <laughs> um, so uh, Howard is now under fire from its faculty. The faculty at Howard are threatening, threatening to strike over working conditions. Okay. Uh, we got some audio on this. Donnie, if you don't mind giving us the audio of some of what the faculty at Howard University, one of the most esteemed, we say one of the most esteemed HBCUs, but that's actually selling Howard short. Howard is one of the most esteemed universities, period, in this entire country. This is what some of the faculty are saying. The university's leadership has made clear that a better working environment and a better learning environment is unimportant to them. We were scheduled to meet with the leadership again on March 18th, that's this Friday, but they have gone silent. We have been left with little choice. If the leadership of this university does not reach an agreement with us on March 18th, on. this Friday, on. then on Wednesday, March 23rd, on Thursday, March 24th, and on Friday, March 25th, the adjuncts union and the lecturers union in alliance with SEIU Local 500, we will be holding an unfair labor practice strike. Yay! Wow. Uh, conviction in the voice. Conviction in the voice. Rachel, you hear that? Yeah. What are your initial thoughts? I mean, listen. We well, we have it from somebody who actually experienced it, so we know that the conditions at Howard are, uh, you know, you give it this title of esteemed universities in the country, and I'm not taking away from what they're able to do in regards towards education, and and the people that have come out of Howard, but we we know Howard to be 
the cream of the crop when it comes to HBCUs. So the fact that, one, we were dealing with the students protesting, and obviously this has been an ongoing problem because, Donnie, how many years has it been since you graduated? 2010. I was there in 2006, so it's, it's been a minute. Okay. Almost two decades. And, that, and I'm sure it was going on before Donnie got there. This has been an issue. To the point where the students now have to protest and put their school on Front Street and let everybody know how subpar these conditions are. Now you have the faculty. When you look, when you look into this, it's this, these non-tenured professors, some of them are making less than $40,000. Less than four. They are the most underpaid faculty, I think, in the D.C. area, maybe the country. I cannot recall if that's the case, but less than $40,000. And we're talking at one of the best universities in the country. Meanwhile, the president makes over a million and a half dollars a year. Of Howard? Now, if I'm the president of Howard, over 1.5 million. Bowling. That's what over, I like to And a lot of the people who are higher up are making well. close to half a million. Ooh. So when, you're, when, you have, when you have in the administration, like the higher ups, and it's so bad the tenured professors have joined in the protest of the non-tenured uh, professors. This is a really bad situation here. They're talking about going on strike next week. They're also talking about the fact that, as this man said, the school isn't trying to negotiate with them. They're doing it in bad faith. They thought they could come to an agreement. Things aren't coming to, uh, they aren't coming to the table in the way that they should. So if I'm the president of the university, I'm making $1.5 million. How do you sleep at night knowing that so many people are being underpaid, mistreated, students can't live? Li they'd rather live in tents than live in your dorms. But you sitting all cozy in your house and with all your $1.5 million and the rest of the university is suffering. It's like there's a disconnect here. And, it, and it, it, it's, it's, it's troubling to me because you're supposed to care about the education of the students. You're supposed to care about the well-being of them, your school, the pride of it, the fact that you're representing Howard, which it's prestigious as it is. And then here you are sitting all comfortable and everybody else is struggling. Yeah. They got to get it together. Yeah. Uh, look. Adequate pay, job stability, appreciation for the work that they do to teach Howard students every day. Uh, I was a part of a television show last year, and we shot with some Howard students. Remember that? When I was in D.C. to do that? Remember I was walking around? Remember I was in D.C.? Oh, yeah, yeah. I had a magical, mystical trip to D.C. where I walked around and saw all kinds of things and felt American for half a second. Um, <laughs> so I can say that the kids from Howard, the adults from Howard, uh, that mm -hmm. I had a chance to talk with were some of the most inspiring young minds I have ever been in the same room with. It was amazing. I believe it. With how educated, how with it, how respectful uh, and how emotionally in control they were. The reason why I say respectful and emotionally in control is not because I want to categorize black students as being something like that that would be outside of their character. It's just because at that age, I wasn't that. At that age, if you came to me with, shit, I might not be that now. If, if, if that age, if you came to at me with an opinion I didn't like, I opened fire on you. That's not what they did. They accepted the information they came back in kind and they seemed unbelievably confident and well uh, and well adjusted to whatever was going on inside of that classroom. And I just didn't have that type of uh, tact um, and emotional and intellectual confidence when I was that age. So I, I thought it was uncommon. So but maybe it isn't. Hopefully things are getting better in that respect. So Howard's doing a good job at the kids that they're cranking out. 
They're doing Absolutely. a great job. They're doing a great job. I wonder though. So a couple of things with this, as far as I'm concerned, number one, I look at the HBCU model as a whole. I joke a little bit about Donnie and going to the HBCU and then going to mm-hmm. Michigan. There's no doubt in anyone's mind that unless you're talking about Morehouse or Spelman or a couple of other HBCUs that overall from a, from a shiny new aspect, mm-hmm. uh, your HBCU that you go to is probably not going to be as shiny and new in a lot of ways as the flagship university uh, in the state that you're from. Let's take Southern University and LSU. Southern University and LSU. Southern University is on the north side of Baton Rouge. LSU is on the south side of Baton Rouge. LSU has a 20, we've talked about this before, LSU has a $28 million football locker room. Southern University has a $9 million endowment. So those are two big time different schools okay you don't go to southern university for all the shiny bells and whistles you go there because it might be a place where you can be understood a little bit more and where you want to believe that on the at individual per student level per student basis that that faculty and that staff and that administration cares a little bit more about you because there's a cultural love and trust sure what happens in a situation like this with Howard, and I'm not going to speak as if I know the ins and outs of what's going on there, but what what could happen and what happens from the outside looking in is it looks like another unsafe place for black people after a while. It looks like another place where you go and you don't get to, you don't get appreciated for the work that you do. You don't have any security in the work that you do and you got to live with roaches and rats. And if that's the case, why fucking go there? If you go, if if if, if, if that's right. the case, but this is also folds into the conversation we had about HBCUs before, and it folds into something that we talked about as far as human nature is concerned. These schools are tremendously underfunded, so when people are, you would think that when things are underfunded or or, or when there's not enough resources, human beings tend to share more. It's actually the inverse of that in most times that I see. People hoard a little bit more when there's not enough to go around, right? Because there's instability there and there's insecurity there. So a lot of times at some of the HBCUs, and this is anecdotal information, but you'll see a little bit more. I wouldn't say more because I'm not sure what level it's going on in the other schools and it's going on everywhere, but you'll see some grift, a little corruption, things of that nature because people are are people are having to do things and make decisions that sometimes they wouldn't if there was more money to go around. Can I ask you this? How, how much do you think the endowment is at Howard? Let me see. The endowment. No, is, no, is, don't look. I'm not going to look. I would say that Howard's endowment, can't just give a ballpark. I would say it's north of $100 million. It's $712, $712. <laughs> does that then change your opinion about exactly yeah so what does that tell you as that's fucked up what, what does that tell, tell you yeah that, that, that the argument, top's getting you. paid and the money ain't trickling you. down let me tell you something that argument that little eloquent soliloquy <laughs> Howard just looked at me and was like, yo, you went to Southern. We ain't broke like you, nigga. Now I wonder, <laughs> wait a minute now. Oh, Donnie, jump back on here. Hey, wait, 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 wait a second. Wait a second. Is fucking Jeff Bezos running Howard? Like what the fuck? Like what the fuck is going on, man? Why? That's what it Howard said. That's to, what Google and, said. And, and by, by the way, Howard has, I should have expected that because Howard has 
a very esteemed alumni group. I know. So what I would assume that their endowment is probably a little bigger. So what's going it's on? It's twice what Spellman is. Twice what Spellman's is. Well, like Donnie, why do you feel like these issues exist at your former school? I want to talk deeper about this. I need to talk to one of greedy. these faculty, these these faculty members, or one of these kids. What's going on at Howard? Yeah, like uh, Rachel just said, my mind directly goes to my dean. He was the the guy who was right above us and right above the the problem that I had. And uh, I mean, it's it's hard to speculate because it's probably it's it's a layered situation. It's complicated, but. It does seem like something shady is going on. I don't want to like throw accusations out there, but something's not right. Okay. I mean, that much money for an endowment? I looked it up twice. I got the number twice. Yeah, I mean, look. So the uh, the president at Howard right now is Wayne A.I. Frederick. That's his name. And he is A.I. Because he ain't sharing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he ain't sharing. He getting that bitch and he's shooting that bitch. Uh, he's, he, he's a surgeon. He serves as the distinguished Charles R. Drew Professor of Surgery. Now, here's the thing. Higher learning audience. Uh, we don't know what it's going to take to uh, make this situation between Howard and some of its faculty better. We don't want to villainize one person uh, unfairly for this. However, I would say that as the president of the university, if it's not this guy's problem that he created, it's certainly his job to fix it. And so exactly. what we are going to do is connect with some people in the Howard uh, alumni group or some of these some of these uh, faculty members and see how they feel like this problem can be solved. Like what has to happen to solve this problem and why with the school that really has such a hefty endowment it's not a poor school law why do these problems keep uh, rearing their ugly heads you say it's greed i mean i i just I, I, we say we're not speculating i'm totally speculating i have no idea but it just doesn't make sense when i see the people with power making this amount of money but then the people who are in charge of educating these students and making sure that they are equipped with the things that they need to to go out into this world and succeed are some of them are getting paid less than $40,000 when you have students that would rather live in tents than stay in their dorms this is a problem but i i said this the last time we talked about it our vice president went to that school so yeah. it's also just like i applied to howard undergraduate and howard law school Okay, didn't got waitlisted for the law school. Just put that out there. Did not get in. What? I did. I did. They waitlisted me for the law school. I got in college. They waitlisted me. Whatever. Um, but I have a lot of friends who went there. So I just, I'm more so too. Wow. I'm wondering what the alum think about what's happening. You know, there are a lot of prestigious people that graduated from this school. Undergraduate, graduate school. I just, I think this is a real problem and we thought that it was it just stopped with the facilities but now it's with the faculty as well and the fact that i can't believe Donnie, i didn't realize you went to college that long ago and not realize this problem had been going on God for damn. that long this is ridiculous ridiculous fucking punish donnie right there donnie i didn't realize no, you were I didn't that old it Fuck. Like that. It's, a, it's a compliment Jesus. baby face just like the problem has been going on for such a long time and we're just now learning about it. i mean well you knew about it but they silenced you donnie they sent you to michigan they exiled <laughs> yeah. you it was a whistleblower 
They silenced Donnie and sent him to Michigan. Donnie, yeah, I can't man, believe it. Oh, by the way, just to let you know, this guy is one of the most accomplished people I've ever seen before in my life. The president of Howard. AI. You mean oh, accomplished in ways outside of Jesus being the president Christ. of Howard. He is just fucking... Uh, it's nuts. Like he, first of all, he's, he's a, he went to the University of Texas, by the way, for his oncology study. So he has a he's he's he has some ties to Texas, so it probably tells you why. But there's been some controversies here in his Wikipedia page. We're just doing a quick Wikipedia on him. There've been some controversies during his run as as president. There've been some controversies. Uh, he uh, he says in, two, in 2014 he was paid uh, nine. $953,000 ranking 45th best paid among 510 presidents of private American colleges. The winter of that year, classes were postponed because the college was unable to heat its facilities. Yo, there's a deep problem happening at our university. In but, 2018, he makes, but, he got, but he's getting paid. In 2018, he made a million bucks. His shit just keeps going up. Uh, yeah, now he's at like 1.6. Yeah. It's it's wild. And the school just keeps and the the facilities keep seem to keep getting worse. Faculty's not paying. Uh some of the faculty in 2017 said that Frederick uh did not care about black people and was a plantation overseer. Fuck. <laughs> I know exactly what you're going to be doing when you get off this podcast. You're going to go down a deeper hole when it comes to whoever. What's his name? What's the man's name? We need to put it out there. His name is uh, Wayne A.I. Frederick. AI. And how long has he been president of Howard? It looks like for a while there. That So it, it, it looks like, uh, oh, 2013, October 1st, 2013. He has been, look, there's no way because these issues predate him because Donnie was there in 2006. We have to find out what's going on at Howard University, though. This is these actually- These issues predate him, but the but the faculty has, is this the first time we've seen this issue with the faculty? I don't sure. know. Sure, sure. Uh, there've been calls. The Alumni Association had actually called for him to step down not too long ago. So yeah, um, look, in April 2018, faculty returned a vote of no confidence in him. Among the faculty who voted, 61% expressed a lack of faith in Frederick's leadership. This is fascinating to me. This is fascinating to me and what's going on. I'm not, look, I don't know the man. I'm not trying to hate on him, but there's real tumult at Howard. We're going to get to the bottom of it. This is the very first Howard learn, higher learning mystery. We're going to do a higher learning yes. deep dive into this. I'm going to compile information. I am. I'm going to compile information. I'm going to talk to people. And I'm going to find out what the fuck's going on at Howard University. I don't give a fuck anymore. $700 million fucking Southern University is, has to have quite Especially Speaking of mysteries, or not mysteries, but legal eagle issues, the family of Emmett Till wants the woman who made false accusations against Emmett Till uh, to be charged with murder. We talked about this a little bit. Her name is Carolyn Bryant Dunham. It was Carolyn Bryant. Uh, she falsely ac accused Emmett Till of whistling at her, or, uh, approaching her in some way, doing something on tour towards her uh, in Mississippi in 1955. Um, Emmett Till, she was 21. He was 14. Emmett Till was then beat to death. She, after years and years of living her natural rabbit-ass life, 
came out and said uh, that she accused him unfairly and unjustly. Rachel? Well, she now says she didn't say that. What did she say? She says she never said that. She said that's not true that she said she did not. Uh... Wait, you said she said she, she admitted she it was a lie, right? Yes. She has since come back and said that's not true. She never said that she was lying. So this, I mean, like, take it for what you want. I, I don't believe anything that comes out of her mouth. I absolutely believe that she and several other people got together to murder Emmett Till. And, you know, like you said, we spoke about this a little bit on the last podcast, but I absolutely feel like she should be charged. I don't think that we should let it go just because a lot of time has passed. I think that the, that this is something that they should pursue and they should go after her. If she lied on Emmett Till, which I believe that she did, I think that she should see her day in court. It's time to do that. And there are several people. There's a couple of people who have said, I think she admitted it to a, a, an author or a reporter. I'm looking at and it And there right was somebody now. else that she admitted to it as uh -huh. well. Go ahead. Go ahead. According to the New York Times in 2017, so the book was released uh, in 2017. The name of this book is, it was the first reported by Vanity Fair, the name of this book is The Blood of Emmett Till, which was published in 2017. Uh, the author of this book, who is Timothy B. Tyson, uh, a professor at Duke University, he wrote that of her long ago allegations that Emmett Till grabbed her and was menacing and sexually crude towards her. This is what he said. She said. And this is a quote. That part is not true. Okay. That part is not true that Emmett Till did not do those things to her. We do know that it is on the basis of the thought or allegation that Emmett Till did those things to her. That she that he was killed. Furthermore, there was a court case where Everybody testified about what happened and what went on and everybody said stuff and the men that did this to Emmett Till were acquitted. So somebody's lying somewhere. Either she's told two lies, one lie, or three lies. But there seems to be at least uh, some cloud here around whether or not she's actually come to Jesus on this. But I think the guy to talk to is Timothy B. Tyson. Um, the man who uh, she spoke to when she made this, when she made this, uh, this, I, I guess, alleged uh, admission of what went on between her and Emmett Till in 55. And the problem is, it's he said, she said at this point. And sadly, the one person that we would want to talk to is no longer with us because of her and her family and whoever else got together to murder him. And that's the issue is if you're just looking at it, taking the emotion out of it and you're looking at it from a legal point of view, it's if she's saying one thing, you know, this author is saying that she told him something else. If if it becomes a he said, she said, it's, it's kind of hard to pursue this as a case. But I understand exactly why the family wants to go after her. And I personally think that that should happen, even if at the end of the day, she's not charged or found guilty they should at least pursue some sort of case and investigation after i mean i think they they have said that they investigated it and she's saying that she never recanted her story but for the family's sake i think that something should be done here okay so let's say that just for argument's sake 
uh, that she didn't deny that she recanted her story. She is 88 years okay. old. I think we talked about this a little bit on the last podcast. She's 88 years old now. Uh, she admits that that uh, that she lied about this. What's the proper punishment? I mean, she should be charged with the crime. I don't know what the exact criminal charge is, but for you know, messing up an investigation, for aiding and abetting, uh, because her lie is what they held on to to murder him. If she is there had not never a statute of limitations on all of that stuff. There might I'm, be. I don't know. I'm just. I'm. Li- I'm literally. I, I have no idea. I don't know. Right. I don't know if there's a. St- be, well, there. It would confuse me why the family's going after this if there is a statute of limitations. Right. You know what I mean? There must not be because then this because otherwise this whole thing would be moot. So there must be something there because somebody would tell them, well, it's just not possible. Because well, they want her charge with murder, run out. which there is no statute of limitations on. I, I don't see how. I don't I see mean, how. To be honest with you, I don't see how there could be if a murder she charge. Lied, well, it would be a lower degree of murder, right? Like it's not. It wouldn't be first degree. Probably wouldn't even be second degree. I don't know what. You know, again, I don't know what the criminal code or the penal code is in that state. But if her lie is the reason that he was murdered. Yeah, there could be a murder charge. Huh. Interesting. I it just wouldn't that. be first or second degree. Like right. there's le- there's levels to it. But I, again, I don't know what the penal code in uh, penal. the state that it ha- what did it have. Penal. Okay. <laughs> okay. White guys are so obsessed. Penal. <laughs> penal colony. Penal code. Penal. 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 All right, let's take a break. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. You could be doing anything this week, right? You've got work, errands, friends, and a whole lot of fun in between. That's why the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the capable SUV that's built for your life. With premium interiors, available wireless charging, and room for your whole cargo and crew. Okay, Hyundai. Visit HyundaiUSA.com to learn more about the all-new 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. So uh, the world is trying to squeeze and isolate Russia. Russia continues its illegal, immoral, and ghastly attack on Ukraine. And the world is trying to make Russia feel it. You've seen this. Some of the businesses that have like ceased operation over there in Russia. I think Facebook is down in Russia. I've seen some credit card companies down in Russia, I think. American Express, if you're in Russia, you might as well leave home without it because it don't work. So I think there are a couple of different companies over there. A lot of companies, if we're being honest. There are companies that, for the the yachts owned by the oligarchs, the oligarchs are getting their yacht privileges revoked. It's going crazy. Uh, There are, though, a couple of holdouts, and they prompt some very interesting some very interesting, I feel like, philosophical and intellectual debates. I really do. Papa John's is holding out. It's facing backlash right now. U.S. franchisee refuses to close 190 Russian stores. All right. The guy's name is Christopher Wynn. Told the New York Times that he's not going to close his pizza shops controlled by the pizza shops controlled by his company, but mostly owned by Russians. Mostly owned by Russians. He said the 190 stores are the vast majority of Russia's Papa John's locations. Quote, 
The best thing I can do as an individual is show compassion for the people, my employees, franchisees, and customers without judging them because of the politicians in power. This guy's from from Colorado. So the situation is this. He has a company. The company that he owns owns all of these stores, but it looks like as if uh, there are franchisees that are under his company that own these stores. Okay? Um, So, the company itself, Papa John's, said it would suspend corporate operations in Moscow, in Russia. But this guy individually, not on a corporate level, doesn't have to abide by that so he can still shell out the pizza. Is he right or wrong? I mean... It's hard for me to tell, say if he's right or wrong. It's, I, I, I mean, this is what he's saying. He's saying, yes, he's American. He's married to a Russian woman. He spends a half his time, it sounds like, between Russia and in the United States. He has a child. Child's grown up in both places. He is making this emotional plea where he is saying that, you know, and, and in, with his company, he's partnered with other Russians. Right. And they have these franchises. He is saying that he understands what it is that Russia is doing. But the people of Russia, the Russians shouldn't be punished by what is what Putin is doing. And he's saying that he doesn't want to put good, hardworking people who may oppose the war out of work. He doesn't want to he doesn't want to put them out of being able to get food that they've depended on. Okay, for such a long time. You know what I say? Bullshit. At the end of the day, it all comes down to money. And this and like when there's an article that kind of breaks down how much money he's bringing in versus how much money he is in debt. And he's a little bit in the red here. He is going to suffer. These franchises, he's going to his company's going to suffer. These franchises are going to suffer if he shuts down his business. This has nothing to do with the employees. Yes, they might be out of work, and that is true. But at the end of the day, he is motivated by money. And it is and if he's going to suffer financially, he doesn't want to shut these Papa Johns down. Period. That's it at the end of the day. So you can you can miss me with the whole I'm I'm looking I'm looking I'm looking out for the people and all of this when your financial interests are tied into it you can't separate the two and I think that this man is is motivated by money and I mean it's it's not just Papa John's is getting like on an on an international um, in an international way they're getting the backlash the company is but they can't control what their franchisees franchise is franchises do. Same thing is happening to the company that owns Kentucky and Pizza Hut, Kentucky Fried Chicken. Yeah, they have they yeah. they can they can shut things down with what they own because that's what McDonald's is doing. But when it comes to these franchises, they necessarily don't have the power to do that. And it's up to the, these individuals who own them or these companies that own them. First of all, this is what I think. I think that. We should continue to operate those fast food joints in, in Russia. Because, like, taking away all of their junk food, that's only going to make them stronger, right? They're going to be running around here having abs, having stamina. And then if there's ever, like, a ground war in Russia, we're going to be dealing with a bunch of fucking super soldiers because all they had to do is eat organic shit. 
They're going to be eating organic shit. All of these people are going to fucking Whole Foods. We took away all of their fucking KFC. The KFC in Russia got to be trash. There's no way that the KFC in Russia is good. It's not Don't even really that. good here. It's got to be <laughs> trash there. It's got to be trash. And now we're taking it away. That would be slowing them down. It's going gonna, it's gonna to backfire. So, so this is what the two things. Number one, this reminds me of another situation. And by the way, Rachel, you're right. Uh, it is about money. But if it's about money, I say, so what? I really say, so what? I'll tell you, this, this, okay. reminds, me of, this reminds me of another situation. Do you remember when Papa John himself, uh, Daddy John? How would I forget? Remember when this <laughs> when he went nigga crazy some years back? Nigga, nigga, nigga. Yeah. It was yeah, like he was yeah. he was on there saying nigga. Papa John was just like, fuck it. I don't give a fuck. I make the best pizza, got garlic sauce, and you niggas gonna eat it. I think the pizza's right? terrible. I'm over it. it like it, this is another thing that separates me from people. I don't eat a cheap pizza anymore. Like, that's something I'm trying to get the Midnight Boys to see. The Midnight Boys, shout out to Steve Almond, producer Steve. He was talking to me one time about Lil Caesars. I'm like, Steve. Oh gosh. Jesus Christ, what the fuck are you doing to yourself? <laughs> like, you know, I went to Steve's house we'll one time and he had a good there. pizza there, but I bring Steve over and we eat the berries, the lobster pizza, baby. If you're gonna get pizza pizza, do it right. Steve, come on. Get the fuck off the nah, fucking wait, wait. I gotta defend Little Caesars. I feel like it tastes different coming from the Midwest. Midwest Little Caesars. Up. It's different no. from L.A. Little Caesars or down south Little Caesars. There's Donnie. no, there's no Donnie. such thing. Donnie, there's guess no what? Such thing. A five dollar pizza is a five dollar pizza, nigga. How about that? No, a five dollar pizza is a five dollar pizza. They can't mm-hmm. even afford to make that bitch taste good. Do you know the budget of one pizza at Osteria Mozza? Do you know the budget? I'm not. I'm not dissing anybody that eats. I used to love Papa John's, but I can't do it now. All right, so but, but we digress. Little, doesn't Little Caesars have two pizzas for five ninety nine? Isn't that why they say pizza pizza? Which means that that pizza costs two fifty. You know what they do? Three dollars is that they, what it is? <laughs> they do it with the pizza. They're doing the same thing Joe Exotic was doing with the pizza, which is taking all the leftover meat from Walmart that he was getting to feed the fucking tigers and then putting it on a pizza. Donna, you eat leftover shit. I don't go. By the way. Little Caesars is great if they want to sponsor higher learning. Whatever, I'll eat the pizza. But uh, here's the deal. When he went nigga crazy that time, we boycotted Papa John's. Remember? It's like all of a sudden, Papa John's was never ate it. All of a sudden, Papa John's was the official pizza of the Grand Wizard of the Ku Klux Klan. Correct. Do you know what happened that was interesting? Is when I was at TMZ and that story was going on, I started to get direct calls from black Papa John's franchisees. Really? And it was a really interesting social and intellectual conundrum because they were telling me that they were as far removed from the head of Papa John's as anyone, right? And that this boycott, although in spirit, the right thing to do was affecting these black people negatively. And once again, they were having to pay for the sins 
of a rich white man. And I had never thought about that before. Now, it's not a one-to-one here because we got to no, deal with not. Russia. And is and we got to deal with Russia. And there are a lot of lives on the line here. And it's not just lives on the line here. There's world stability on the line. There's all of this stuff. If it's between, between this guy and his franchisees going broke and the safety and security of Ukraine, it's a hell of a conversation it's a hell of a comparison or, or choice, should I say. But obviously, you know which one I would choose. I will say, though, I have a hard time thinking that he's greedy or thinking that he's in some way like out of school because he's not willing to shut his businesses down because of what Vladimir Putin is doing. I don't think. Well, Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll no, I, I wouldn't say that he's greedy, but don't try to spin it as in I care about the people when it's really it is based on you're going to be out of some money. And I think that when you the reason you said it's not a one to one here is because the reason that these companies have pulled out is because they're making a statement saying that they don't want to support the economy. They don't want to do things that are going to bolster the economy of Russia. So that's how I feel like you have to look at these. It's like, which one, what, which one are you going to hold? You know, uh, which one is better than the other? He's saying money is, in my opinion. And I, and I, it's not that black and white and I get it. And I yeah. do get the other side of it. But I, I, I guess I just didn't like how he tried to play into the emotional side of it and just say, listen, I don't, I'm going to take a financial hit. I don't want to shut it down. You know, I don't want to close these businesses and put people out of business or whatever. Like stop acting like you're doing it. Cause you're like one with the people. So I'm you sure know? he, I'm sure he cares about his employees. I know that's not the, if they make him money, that's not the paramount care. No, he cares about that. He cares about serving them pepperonis, baby. That's what he cares about. But the reality is, I think it's easy for a lot of us who are over here that all we really have to do to support Ukraine is to change our po- our profile picture or to say prayers for Ukraine. I think it would be a different situation for a lot of people if they had to shut down nearly sure. 200 stores in order to show their support for Ukraine. And I'm not I'm saying, you know, hey, with great power comes great responsibility and a lot of fucking pepperoni or whatever. But I'm just saying I had a hard time looking at this guy as the bad guy. No. Can I ask you this? Can't sure. you say that this is a risk that he took knowing that relations are strained between the U.S. and Russia? Isn't this an inherent risk of it? Like, obviously, he just doesn't really care. But I'm just saying it wasn't far-fetched that relations between the U.S. and Russia, I know it's not our war, but I'm just saying we're going to be strained. I mean, he even, if you keep reading this, he was his business was affected with, with um, I, I think, something with, with products and supply because of what happened in 2013 between the U.S. and Russia. So it's like, it, it's almost... I guess. Well, I guess I'm answering my own question. Are you saying that this nigga, this nigga, should have never opened up Papa John's in Russia well, in the first place? What I, what I guess what I'm saying is, and what I'm saying I'm answering it is, he never cared. He doesn't bastard. care. Right. No, I'm just saying he just doesn't really care. That wasn't right. of importance to him. The fact that U.S. and Russia have, you know, a, a strained relationship. He was going to open it anyways because he saw a great business opportunity. <laughs> he saw a great business opportunity. Rachel, I can't blame the guy, man. At this point in my life, I'm trying to get one of them oligarchs. I'll open up a fucking Taco Bell in Fallujah 
if I thought okay, that bitch so was going to turn so a profit. Somebody, if somebody said to you right now, if this man, Mr. Wynn said, you know what, you can you can run one of my uh, uh, franchises. It's already it's already uh, generating a profit in Russia. You could take it over. He would give me a franchise right now in Russia, like uh, my give own it Papa John's. He's going to give it to you. I don't want to do it. If he gave it to me, I might take it. Think about that. Think about all the think about all the pizza money that. Think about all the toys, the tennis balls from. Yeah, this. you no, got to go course. to Russia. You got to work with Russia. No, I'm he not, would take it, y'all. No, of course, I'm not doing that now. It's <laughs> fucking bad. I would be part of it. People would die. But what I'm saying is that if it's a if it was just a hot zone that a year ago. Now there are places I wouldn't do it. I probably wouldn't do business in Saudi Arabia because it's a little too fucked. And there and there are probably some other places. But come on, man. Look, I, I get the cr- criticism. I think the criticism is very valid because I do think we need to be on one, one accord. But I also think that if, look, the U.S. government came up with $47 billion just like that in order to give aid to people and stuff. And it's it's very true. If American businesses and there are going to be people who are going to have to shut down over there, maybe we should look at some ways on how to sort of mitigate the amount of financial instability that those people are going to go through. This guy seems to be very well off. He has 200 stores. I'm assuming he'll be fine, but maybe he won't be. Maybe shutting out those stores means that him and his family are fucked. I don't know. It's just a weird situation, and it's weird to see something Vladimir Putin do have to affect someone that's just trying to sell pizza. So I can. I, I mean, can one point. of his business partners in his company is a Russian hockey player who has shown his support for Putin. Oh well, so see, that's I was just, it's like who's it's, the hockey player? <laughs> so I, I don't know. He's a, I, I don't know his name, but it's a it's a Russian hockey player who has outright said he supports Putin. Is it Yamir Yager? Who is it? I used to love Russian hockey players. No, no, Yamir Yager is Russian. I think Pavel Bure was Russian. Do you do you know it anything about how Yamir Yager? Where's Yamir Yager from? I don't think he's from Russia. Yamir Yager, ice hockey. Player. I don't know. I don't know hockey at all. He's from Chechnya. I think Pavel Bure was the one that was from. You did, You never got into Russian ice hockey player. Yes, Pavel Bure is his name. He's old as piss now. He's from Moscow. All right. Herschel Walker doesn't believe in evolution. Why are there still apes is what he said. Play the video. Now, I'll tell you something else I heard. Now, think about this. Because at one time, science said man came from apes. Did it not? Apes. That's when you go to the science. Every time I read or hear that, I think to myself, you just didn't read the same Bible I did. Well, well, this was interesting, though. If that is true, why are there still apes? Think about it. You know, now you're getting too smart for (laughs) it. No, 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 no. Think about this. We have an evolution that is we've gotten so intelligent that if that is true, why are there still apes? And then the conception of a baby. Let me tell you, science can't do that. They're still trying to do it, but it can't because there had to be a God. (laughs) The conception of a baby. Abe's. Abe's. Then why are there still Abe's? The conception of a baby. (laughs) I I have no comment. I have no comment on Herschel. None. You don't have anything to say about it? Although I'm sure we will continue to keep talking about him as we get closer and closer to the election. (laughs) Donnie, clip that. Clip that conception of a baby and put. I want to. When we talk about sex at any point in the future of the podcast, I want you to. The conception of a baby. The conception of sex, or otherwise known as 
the conception of a baby. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> okay. So I have a couple things to say about this. Number one, go ahead. I, I, I'm not going to explain to Herschel Walker the way that they're uh, the way that that works. I, it's you know who fucking you know come on man, you know come on Herschel. I'm not going to explain it. But I will say though that uh, it's unfair. It's unfair. Uh, this is funny to us, but I do feel like the response to this is kind of touching on what what I talked about in the last. There are millions of people who believe this. Millions. I see. I haven't seen the response to well, this the, clip. the response is that this is obviously fucking crazy. But how do you deal with the fact? Let's look at a deeper issue here. How do you deal with the fact that there are millions of people who think that the Earth is six thousand years old? That there are millions of people who don't believe that dinosaurs ever walked the Earth? And there actually, there's actually a growing sentiment with those people. There are a million people who don't believe in evolution and don't believe in any of those things. Um, and we have to build a community in the country with them. So Herschel Walker, what's happening with Herschel Walker is funny. And it would be funny. Sue, it would be, it's funny, but it would be hilarious if he was the only person that thought that way. So the question then becomes like, what do you do? How do you, how do you deal with it? Like, what's the best way? I mean, I don't think that there's something that you necessarily deal with. I mean, we live in a society where or a world where people have differing views or have the wrong information about certain things. He obviously doesn't understand what evolution is. I'm actually shocked. He said, where's the half man, half ape person walking around here? I'm actually shocked he didn't say something like that, which is also falls right into that. Um, and and evolu evolution isn't just about apes to humans, you know? So I, I just you say, how do you address it? I don't know. I don't know if you do. There's no one way to say this is how we fix this so people can stop thinking of it. People are going to choose to believe what they want to believe, just like religion. You know what I mean? What I do, do think there I do think there's a way. I think there's a response to Herschel Walker. Oh God. What is it? What is oh, it? Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> I think the response for people who question some of these things in the past is like to open your eyes. Right? Okay. Open your okay. eyes, right? So God created a pretty creation itself is dynamic. Right? Creation yes, itself it is. It, it is. it's 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 dynamic. It's a dynamic principle. The earth itself is a machine. And it's a machine that takes continuously different input and generates different things for the purpose of feeding itself. Plants mm -hmm. need the sun. The sun is there for a reason, but plants need the sun for photosynthesis. Photosynthesis then feeds all of us. These things are all dynamic, right? They all happen all the time. So the belief that a higher power, God, would have created the, work, the earth in a static place with zero type of forward movement, zero type of change, zero type of evolution from one right. state to another is counterintuitive to the world if you look at it right now. Everything changes and evolves. Sure. If they dropped Rachel Lindsay, it, right now with your iPhone and all this stuff on your face and your mic, if they dropped you right now in 1865, they would think you were a witch. In, in 1665 or whatever, they'd probably burn you as one because of what your iPhone could do. So everything is changing and evolving. So the question then would be, why can't human beings? Why can't animals? Then the question would be, with having this conversation, is there explicitly anything that is written in scripture anywhere that says we can't? 
Is there anything written in no. scripture anywhere, anywhere? So I think the reason why I ask these questions is rather this is why having quote unquote having the conversation is important because it's easy to laugh at that because, you know, the conception of a baby is very funny. But ha- talking to someone about the things in their own natural world that they are ignoring to believe that the earth never changes or has never changed or that we have never changed. It really doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And I don't think sometimes that we go out of our way to engage the people that we need to engage in order to change one, two, three minds at a time. Well, because when you're dealing with someone who comes from from like those two men, Herschel Walker and the man he was sitting on that stage with having that conversation, they take the Bible as very literal. And if it's not in it, it didn't happen. And you and even growing up, that's how that's how things were taught to us. Oh, you, you find it in the Bible. If it's not in the Bible, it's not true. It didn't happen. And that's what. So if it doesn't say it, then it didn't exist rather than thinking outside of it as if. Not everything that happened. I mean, even as you get older, you learn, hey, there were other books to the Bible. There were certain things that didn't, you know what I mean? It's like it was put together with just these 66 books, but you were taught, or at least I was taught, and I know a a lot of people were, a lot of Christians were, that if it's not in it, it didn't happen. And that's that mindset of those two men sitting on that stage having that conversation. He even says, I don't remember reading that in the Bible or whatever he said. Is the invention of the airplane in the Bible? I bet those guys will fly. Listen, oh, Ezekiel saw a wheel in the middle of a wheel. <laughs> Whoa! Get your back, scripture wise. No, but but you know what I'm saying, right? Like, of course, you open your eyes and you see that there's so much more to that. But when you, but there was a time, and I don't know if it's still like that. But growing up, yeah, that's how this is what we're told. Okay, we're gonna hold a story. Every show, we're going to hold a story so we can be a little bit more informed on it. There's a story out of Tennessee right now where a comptroller uh, to take over majority black town of Mason, Tennessee, ahead of Ford investment in West Tennessee. The story is absolutely crazy. I want a little bit more time with it to get into the meat of it, the meat of the story. However, is it crazy? You don't think it's crazy? You know what, I don't Rachel? know. Maybe we'll go into a little bit no, more of it. No, fuck it. Give it to us. Rachel doesn't no, no, think no, it's no, crazy. No, 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 no. It's not that I I just we could talk more into it. I the reason I say it's not as crazy as I feel like you're making it seem is because it's legal. I'm not saying everything legal is okay, but I think I was shocked when I read the headline and then I was even more like, huh, when I read the story, when I found out this is a law that exists within the city, I don't even think this, I mean, in the state, I don't even think this is a law that should exist. But I thought, wow, this man actually has the power to do this. We could talk more about it later. But I thought he was doing something that was illegal that he couldn't. Technically, by state law, he can. I'm not saying it's right. I just, that's why it wasn't let's, crazy to me. We talk more let's, about it later. Let's, no, fuck it. Let's get into it right now. Because, Rachel, you have a take and I never back up from a take. We're not first take. We're best take. All right. This is what's going on. Tennessee Comptroller Jason Mumpower said Tuesday that he will be taking control of the finances of Mason, Tennessee. This is a majority black town of about 1,500 people located within five miles of the future site of Blue Oval City. 
the Ford electric truck and battery plant that represents one of the largest manufacturing investments in the state's history. This is very important. What we've talked about uh, a lot of times as Americans is the fact that there are cutting edge, sometimes bleeding edge technologies that people want and need. But for some reason, Americans in places like the South, the Rust Belt, uh, some places in the Midwest are not getting the opportunity to be around plants and manufacturing that would take advantage of our need to develop those technologies. I'm not saying that electric cars or trucks is cutting edge or bleeding edge. What I'm saying is that having replacing steel and car plants with electric car plants to me would seem like a way to revitalize large swaths of the American economy. Now, uh, so Here's the situation. I'm sad for the taxpayers of Mason, he said. We'll be working hard to step in and get their finances in shape. Now, the comptroller's move comes over the objections of Mason's elected officials. They don't want that, who have been fighting to maintain control over their town since Mumpower issued an ultimatum last month. Either cede control of Mason's 153-year-old charter or face a financial takeover by the state. Releasing, releasing, relinquishing the charter would have placed the majority black, majority Democrat town under the control of a largely white and Republican led Tipton County. All right. On Monday night, the town's board of aldermen in an emergency meeting passed a resolution to keep their charter. Vice Mayor Virginia Rivers said on Tuesday, financial takeover is still going to happen. It's going to give the comptroller veto power over every expense of $100 or more, limiting the authority of elected officials to embark on plans already underway to implement beautification projects, improve infrastructure, and hire codes enforcer. Benefit, workforce, and other budget cuts may soon follow. They are essentially, essentially, in my opinion, they're black Wall Streeting this town. In my opinion, this is uh, a war without a sword and a destruction without a bomb. Okay. Rivers last week likened the, com- the comptroller's efforts to take control from Mason's duly elected officials as akin to a hostile takeover coming just as Mason is poised to reap benefits from billions of dollars in investments from the region and the region from Florida. Now, all of the people out there right now that listen to, to, to American propaganda about how black people in this country have an equal and fair shake, I want you to pay attention to a story like this. This is a story where basically what you have here are black people elected in a place that is about to reap financial benefits that under this guise of everything is all equal and everything is all competitive capitalism should be a non-issue. But as soon as something happens when they get up, the specter of white supremacy reinforced by American law, not unlike what Rachel is saying, swoops in and says, we'll take your money from here. And this used to happen with fires and white terrorism and bombs and guns. And now it happens through redlining, through usury, it happens through contract manipulation, and it happens through exploitation of situations like this. Rachel, you said you had a take, and you said the black people of Mason here are stupid, and they should accept what's going on to them. So what were you... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
exactly. No, I when I first heard the story, I, I, I think everything that you're saying is true. And then as I looked into it a little bit more, I saw that, OK, one, the comptroller is legally allowed to do this. This is some law that exists not uh, in Tennessee. I'm not saying that that's right. Just because you can do it doesn't mean that you should do it. But then I also saw that this isn't the first time that this has happened in the state of Tennessee. My question would be it's happened in a few other counties where the comptroller has come in when it believes that there's a financial oversight or, or there's there's issues with the way that the, the county or the city, the town is uh, handling the, the money. So this isn't a one off. If it was a one off, I'm like, I feel even more about the way you're talking about Black Wall Street. It isn't. It's happened before. So there's precedent where the comptroller has come in and done this. My question would be in these other counties, are they majority black and um, and uh, run by Democrats? I don't know. I just know that it has happened before. So that's why I say I don't know if it's necessarily a Black Wall Street thing. The reason that the mum power, comptroller mum power is allegedly coming in is because there's a 20 year history of fiscal mismanagement in this town. Now, granted, that mismanagement was from white people. And it wasn't until 2015 that someone black came in. And the black leaders in this community have been trying to rectify this situation and come out of this debt that has been has plagued their city for such a long time. So the comptroller is coming in allegedly and saying that, hey, you haven't done this. I'm coming in to help to help manage the money. I'm not saying that his intentions are right. I have no idea. But the reason I say that I'm not quick to jump to the argument that you're making is because it's been done before. Now, if in the other counties it has been done and they're majority black, I'm right there with you. But would it change your mind if this has happened before in other white towns? No. And I'll tell you why. Fuck them other okay. counties. Fuck them okay. other counties because I'm down okay. with my county. Fuck them other counties because I'm down with my county. Fuck them hey. other counties. I ride with my county. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why it wouldn't change my mind. Okay. It might. It, it, it obviously slightly skews the racial aspect of this. Of course. But let me tell you why it wouldn't change my mind fundamentally. If you got 20 years of fiscal mismanagement by the town, why hadn't they taken over before now? I agree with you. So if you had 20 years of fiscal mismanagement, why are you waiting until Ford says to come in and invest into the town to get into it now? Ha ha. an argument. And I'd like to hear it. You know what? Before I go on with my second point, give me your argument. So what I would say is, would it offend you more if the moment they elect elected a black mayor and black people started running it, that they immediately swoop in and say, we're taking over? Because this the, it, the, the, the leadership changed in 2015. So we're going on seven years here. All right. That I think it would offend me more if the moment that black people were elected as officials, you swoop in and you take control. Or did you allow seven years to go to to get to help them to see if they could figure it out and get out of it themselves before you come in and allegedly help? I'm just playing devil's advocate. Do you know what a great way to figure out 
financial <laughs> mismanagement and faults and all of that? How about an infusion of cash? How about billions of dollars of funding? How about you give them the opportunity? This is another thing to me that's steeped in white supremacy, the belief that they can't govern themselves. Because I'll tell you what I think. I think that as long as w- 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 this county was operating in a fucked up way and white people were in control of it, they let them do whatever they were going to do. Some niggas is on there. You know, I'm so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, go to the nigga car. Some black people are in control <laughs> of the county now and they absolutely have the chance to dig themselves out of it with the fact that there is money coming in and a corporation coming in. And now a white man feels that he needs to parent them. Look, if the money would have come in and it's two, three, four, five years after and they didn't put fucking spinners on all of the cop cars and like they didn't changed out the fucking shit and you got a fucking big FUBU store in the middle of the city hall and niggas are riding around and seven new strip clubs and all of that nigga shit. If all of that goes down, hey, they're not doing things right. Step in. They're not even giving them a chance, which is what happens whenever something good happens for black people. And more so, forget about the fact that he thinks he need, needs to do it. They are saying no. They're saying we don't want you to do that. They're saying we want a chance to build our community under the guise and under the sort of auspices of what we think is the best way to go about doing it. And this guy's saying, no, you got a history. We hadn't get we didn't get involved before, but now that something good is happening to you, we're gonna get involved now. Is it as racial as I thought it was? Could be two percent less. But still, I would say anytime where black people are asking to govern themselves and a white man says no, racial. Listen, I would agree with you. Like, I probably think you're right. I probably do think it is racially motivated. And and I don't like the fact that he's like, well, you know, I don't think that you guys are equipped to take advantage of the growth and the new investments that are going to come to you. I do. I, I agree with you. But I also found it interesting that the comptroller has stepped in before with other counties. So I was like, you know, there could be another side to this. I get you. I understand. Let me ask you a question. In all of your days of batch where people were against you, did they ever come up with a nickname for you of racial Lindsay? No, they did not. How did they miss that? Black Schlorette? Yes. Black Schlorette? Racial Lindsay. Should have been some, some, this shows me that they not really as bright over there on the KKK (laughs) Bachelor world. Or just racial, scared to say that. Or racial just Lindsay. Racial Lindsay should have been your name. No one ever said that. They got somebody. It's a whole racial Lindsay subreddit somewhere. Uh, two stories from sports. Colin Kaepernick wants to play in the NFL. Do you have a problem with this? I don't. Under, can Can you help? I know you're. I, I, and I, you know, like believe in everything that Cap stands for. Right. But why you want to. Other than I get you love football and this is what you've done and you love the game. Uh-huh. But why would you want to be a part of the 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 organization and company that's running it? it? I guess for me, it feels like, you know, we joke about Soup Kitchen and we talk about what has Soupy happened soup. in Bachelor World. But I want to be I still want to be a part of Bachelor Nation right? with everything. You know, I, I, <laughs> I th- that's what I compare it to. I just. But, but granted, I haven't bachelor hasn't been my whole life. It's not what I you know, it's not a hop. It's not what I love to do. It's not my profession. It's not my profession and a hobby. But help me understand why you want to be a part of this organization when it has been so terrible to you 
and has not changed from what we can see to this day. I don't okay. get it. All right. Um, so I'll, I'll answer that in two ways. Number one, I can't speak for Colin Kaepernick. I can only tell you mm-hmm. what he's told me. Okay. And I don't know if it makes a lot of sense. I can't speak for Colin Kaepernick. I spoke to Colin Kaepernick on the phone years ago. And like I said before on this podcast, what he told me was that, yo, I've been doing this since I was seven years old. And this is really the only way I can do this and be viable at it. There's no other opportunity. They have a monopoly on my talent. Now, Colin is talented in other ways, and so is Nessa, but they have a monopoly on my talent. The coldest thing I was ever told when I was working at TMZ, and I wanted to go start my own podcast, right, before I negotiated into my contract, I had a lawyer tell me, like, the contract that you've signed, we own your talent. And we talked about that before. I've said that. I was just Mm -hmm. like, what the fuck? So for Colin Kaepernick, everything that he has honed himself to be able to do the place that he can display it is the NFL. So it is a little bit of a, I compare it to a different, um, I compare it to, I compare it to a, a different situation. All right. I compare Colin Kaepernick's wanting to play in the NFL to black people wanting to be successful in America. There's absolutely zero difference. The difference is, tell you why okay so right now could you move to another country sure it's racist here why wouldn't you because this is where you this is where you're from this is what you've known and what you really want to do is be a part of what you're into at like listen don't get don't make, make no mistake about it you're born into america as a black american most like at one point and you are existing in the country because this is where you were born at some point, if you become a successful black American, if you become a successful American, period, at some point you make a choice. And that choice is to participate in the American experiment, is to participate in American capitalism. And the reasons why you participate are all reasons that make a lot of sense. Your whole family is here. You like it here. You love your hometown. But you also realize that the country that you live in is horribly racist, is actually not only is it racist, it's powered by your exploitation, which is the same thing as an NFL football player. The NFL is powered by the exploitation of its of, of its workforce. America is powered by the exploitation, not just of black people, but of all kinds of people who don't have as much agency or safety in America. But all of us, we wake up every single day and we think about the best way to go forward and, and, and do that. And we think that it's a choice, but really, if we don't want to wholesale change our lives from what we thought there were, the question becomes, how much of a choice is it really? When I say, hey, you can leave and go to another country, everyone goes, yeah, man, of course, because that's a major upheaval that no one really wants to undertake because this is where you are. Telling Colin Kaepernick that after years and years and years and years of being football, a football player, that he is just supposed to forget about it, to me, is tantamount to that same choice. It's a choice that no one else has to make. And it's a choice that's easy to make when you don't have to put your life's work aside. So while it is uh, really interesting that he would still want to play in a league that he views in the way that you and I do, the question would be, then why do you and I watch that league? 
it's not even that's our not life's us work. Us watching it is not the same thing. Of what it, it, you're right. It's not our life's work, which is why I, it's a di- it's that's different to me. Us, us watching, watching it, it is exactly the same. It's actually worse because the, because be, be, the, us watching it is exactly the same. It's him playing it. Us watching it, we. Like, we don't even have to watch the NFL to do what we're doing. We're doing it for leisure. We're doing it for fun. We're watching a a racist league because it's fun for us. This is the only way. This is the only thing he really knows how to do. So if anything for him. That's not the only thing he knows how to do. He's doing a lot of other stuff. No, he's doing a lot of other stuff. He's learned to do a lot of. It's what he wants to do. It's what he wants to do. it's, It's what he is particularly, specifically and uniquely gifted and talented for. I'm not saying he he can't want to play in the NFL. I just don't understand the why. And I think when you compare it to America, it's just like such a grander thing than, and what he's doing to me seems more specific. Like for but me to leave the country, but to me to leave the country is a lot, to, is, to me is totally different and a lot bigger thing that, that I would have is, to yeah. do than... Then, you know, you've you've settled with the NFL, you got paid from the NFL, you've done other things and used what happened to you as a springboard to show to shine a light and to showcase the wrongs of the NFL. Yet you still want to be in the NFL. And I think that the way that you would have to be in the NFL, it'd be different if he stepped in, if he got to come back to the NFL in a front office position as an owner. Totally different. But to subject yourself to this and be controlled by this very people who colluded against you, who you who had to pay you money, just seem it's like I just don't understand it. And I think it's so specific that it's hard for me to come say that's the same thing as living and working in a racist it's country. Not, it's, but it's that's not, just right. It's not the same thing. It's not a it's not a one to one, which is should be the name of this podcast. But I understand. But I understand. I understand what you're saying about what, what, I, what I'm saying uh, is we we all have. Oh, I'm sorry. I did not mean to cut you off. No, no, no. Go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Um. What what I'm saying is a lot of these decisions seem to be like. This is what I mean by the American comparison. Do you know why? We don't want to leave America. Do you know why? The reason why is, first of all, it's very hard and it's not as easy. You'd be leaving a whole bunch of things. It's completely different. But do you know what the thing is? We're American. Like, we're American. Like, the, the bottom line is, as much as we understand how racist of America, as racist as America is, as much as we understand how fucked up America is, the, the fucking real bullshit, the thing that really keeps you up at night, that really fucks with you, that really gets to you, is you're an American. You're not what you used to be and you don't know what you're going to be. So we're African by uh, by lineage, but culturally we're not, right? We don't know what we're going to be once we figure it out, but for right now, we know that we are wayward and exploited Americans. Colin, Colin Kaepernick is a football player. No matter how he became a football player, no matter why he's a football player, he's been to the top of the top of his craft 
and he loves it. He is a football player. It's inconvenient that he's a football player that needs the NFL as much as it is inconvenient that we are black Americans that identify as that and are a part of our country. It's inconvenient, but it is what it is. And if we look at him the same way we look at a little with a little bit of nuance as us living in the country and also us watching the NFL, which we realize is racist, if we use that same nuance on him than we do on us, then we'll realize it's really not that big of a deal that he wants to play. So it so if football is the if is the end all be all and you love the game and you enjoy it so much, then what do you say to the people who are like, well then just play it, but play it somewhere else. You can't play in Canada. Play in play it, play in, play in the FCF. You know what I'm it's, saying? It's like not, if, that's not that's just not that's not a viable like you you that's asking him that's that's asking him to take a step back now. That's asking them no, to, to say this yes, back. Yes, I understand it, it, it though. Yes it's, yes, it's not on the same level, but if it's for the game and that's what you really want to do, because I mean, play, show people you still got it, play the game because you need it, you love it, you need, you feel like you need that 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 in your life to keep going. Play the game. I, but again, I could care less if he goes to NFL. Good for him. I'm gonna be rooting for him because, like we said, we watch it still. I'm just trying to understand why. That's just my biggest question. Right. When I do, see that, would you, when I if see they offer, talking. If they offered you to be host of The Bachelorette right now, would you do it? No. Because mentally, I don't think I can handle it. That's 100% honest. It, it, oh, if, I, I if, I was str- if I was strong enough, my mental health was in, in a different place when it comes to that show specifically. Absolutely, because I would take that check. But I know how to prioritize my mental health, and I could not handle being the head of that show right now Yeah, well, with what will come with that. Cap is stronger than you. He wants to play in the league. He's also more years removed from me than when it happened <laughs> to him. Fucked, okay, so give me, so give me a couple of years. Right, real but quick. I wish, I really wish him the best and, I, and happiness, and I hope he, I hope he finds fulfillment in whatever it is that he tries exactly. to do. Because I what, am a fan, yeah. and and supporting him. I just, I think I, a lot of people want to know why, so that's why I asked the question. Whatever he wants to do, I'm cool with it. All right, play this Michael Beasley audio real quick. Michael Beasley, former NBA basketball player, was on the Pivot podcast. He talked a lot about his life and a lot about the things that he go he, he's going through and has gone through in his basketball career. If you don't know who Michael Beasley was, excuse me, is he uh, is one of the most talented basketball players that has ever lived. However, his NBA career did not quite turn out to live up to his number two overall selection. He's just silky smooth, six eight, six nine guy can score from anywhere and. In a different situation, might have been one of the all-time greats, but he's talking about right now, not about basketball, but about his life, and it took the internet over. Check it out. I've shared secrets with people that turn secrets to information. Like I said, I'm talking about my own mother stole. Remember, RP, but fuck it. My own mother stole from me. You feel me? Like, like, I had to wake up one day in the league, one day in the summertime and find out everybody was stealing from me down. Everybody from my financial advisor, from my mom, to everybody in my fucking family, to everybody was, you dig what I'm saying? To the getting point the, where- Getting the cut. To the point where I had, I was faced with two evils. It's like, okay, do I, do I let this go on and not tell them because this is my family? Or do I cut them off and don't have no family? What was your decision? At first, I just, you know, I tried to explain to them, but you, you can't explain million dollar problems to somebody ain't never seen ten dollars before. Uh, don't have much to say. I just wanted to say that 
Michael Beasley, I see you, bro. Yeah. I thought something that was really powerful, and, and you guys should go check that out. The, the whole episode is interesting. When he talked about the way that we laugh and we mock people when they show signs of you know, distress, when they're showing their hurt, when they show emotion, and we make, we make fun of them. We tease it. We write it off as if it's not real or if they're, you know, like they're, they're not actual people who are suffering and going through things. And he said, what, what does it mean when, it, when this person has to be in public and is actually crying and so emotion? He was talking about um, Dwight Howard. Like, what must he be going through that he can't even keep it within him that he's crying out loud in public? And I thought, and, and like when we, we've talked a lot about Kanye on this podcast and a lot of people, you know, we talk about it, I feel like in a, in a, in a real way in a serious way. And we take what he, what, what he's doing in a serious way. Like we address it, you know, if it's wrong, it's wrong. We call it out. If we feel like he's going through something, he's struggling with his mental health, we call it out. But when you look at things on social media, when you look at how people respond, they, Michael Beasley's right. We treat it as a joke. We don't realize that people are like these superstars, these athletes, musicians, celebrities are human beings and suffering and going through it. And I thought that that was so powerful when he was talking about it and he feels like we still do it. And just despite, yes, we talk about mental health and we're normalizing it and we're having these conversations and, you know, people are, are, are being comfortable, but we're, st we're still have such a long way to go because it's like the same way we talk about racism. It's so embedded in our society. Racism is that it's going to be here forever or at least a long time. I feel that way about mental health. For so long, we were told to not talk about our feelings, that emotions are a sign of weakness, that we still don't know how to be there for people or help people or understand when people are going through something with their mental health. I don't know. I just thought that was so, it was heartbreaking to hear him talk about it. It was. It was. It, it was. And I thought everything you said was well said, Rach. Well said. Uh, just, you know, people are people. They're people. So he's nice with the basketball, but this guy talked about the fact that they didn't share clothes. They shared covers. Like, they shared... It's like they used to sleep with their feet inside of the arms of the jacket. They didn't share the bed. They shared, It was just nuts. Just nuts. And he made it out. 33-year-old guy has got so much life to live if li and he can live it well with a lot of happiness. And I just hope that basketball or not, he finds some peace because that's what we're all looking for. Okay, yeah. mailbag time. God damn it, Donnie, you better fucking perform. You better <laughs> perform in mailbag. Let's go. <laughs> mailbag time. Time to read your letters and then we'll reply to them. Oh, it's mailbag time. Write us with your queries and we'll chime in. All right. Uh, Corey. <laughs> I love that Dottie doesn't match your energy. No. All right. right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a monkey. I'm not a performing monkey. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Is All that right, what you Corey. told the kids at Howard when you left? Anyway, go ahead. No, that's what he told Herschel Walker. Yeah. Oh, I'm not Ames. a ape. <laughs> All right. Corey Kobr on Reddit asks, what's one time you regret being the bigger person? Can I be honest? <laughs> yeah. Every time. 
That's that is the most honest answer. Every, you really every time you hate every being a bigger person. Time. You just want to be petty all day, every day. Oh my God, yes. Every I've <laughs> I've been the bigger person so many times, like so much. But every every time, like, and I, it's almost like sometimes I can be the bigger person, but like I can't. I'm still waiting for you to fuck up again. But literally every time I've been the bigger I, person, it's hurt. I don't know if I, I, I wouldn't say I regret being the bigger person in my interview, the specific interview with Chris Harrison, but man, sometimes <gasps> I play out, I play out in my head what it would have been like if I would have just been, you know, not been, been conscious of the fact that I was being filmed, that I couldn't be the angry black woman. And I could have just responded how I would have actually responded. You know, like I play that out sometimes of like, this is how it really would have gone down, you know? No regrets, because so, it so has to go this. that way. So let's do no, this. No, we're not quick. doing it. I'm not doing it. I can't. Let's, no, I'm let's not doing do it right now. Let's do it. It's not going to happen. It's not so going to happen. You're going to ask me a question. I can't do that. No, I can't. I'm going to be Soup Kitchen. No. And then you give us. Donnie, what's an the next alternate? question? I can't you give do us, it. We have to do this. You Look, they want us to do it, Rachel. You no, give us an I can't. alternate. No, I'm not going to do it. An alternate, <laughs> and then I'll give you I'll give you an alternate Kanye rant. No, like, <laughs> I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it. Maybe maybe if we get like fucked up one day, we we'll get the podcast, super drunk on the it. podcast. We gotta do it. Look, here's the thing: if we can get a liquor company to podcast to podcast, if we can get a liquor company to sponsor a drunk podcast, we'll do one drunk, and I'll then do we'll it. do we'll lit. do one drunk lit, higher litning. I, like we'll, like we'll we'll do one. We should lit. just have one of those once a month. Anyway, we just do it once a month. Just get drunk and then we'll do a whole soup kitchen game. All right, next one, Donnie. And then apologies. The next podcast, we'll be apologizing for a lot of shit. Very true. <laughs> yeah. Okay, this is coming from Instagram, Sasha Seidel. If there was a book of commandments for the modern world, what would some be? Like, thou shalt not catfish that kind of thing Ooh, that's a good one thou shalt not catfish um, is a good one i'd say thou shalt not use filters right we want to see you see i want to expose motherfucker. you get your ass out of here <laughs> i will say thou shalt not talk shit from your anonymous weird ass place where we can't see you and we can't feel you ah! thou shall not take it upon yourself to talk your anonymous shit and get your little shit off when you're not doing you know what that's okay the commandments are over that's i will okay. say that's it that's it thou shall not cyber anonymously cyber bully i love you guys okay that's next. a good one yeah okay on set not offset on reddit asks are there more doors or wheels in the world? This, uh, is a this, high is, this, this was a whole thing that was going on. Um, and I don't want to do it. I don't want to play. This was a thing? Okay. It's a huge thing. And by the way, I'll tell you why I don't want to do it is because I'm completely fucking stumped. It's such a great question that I am as jealous as anyone that I have not thought about this question. I don't know. It's so many doors, Rachel, but there's so many wheels. Think about it. A lot of times when you have a car, you only have, if you, when you have a car, there, there are many cars with two doors and four wheels. There's not as many cars with four wheels 
there's not as many cars with so look so wait a minute so i got I basically it's wills is the answer think of Will, an 18 wheeler uh, think about it but then think about all the places where they're mad ass doors and they don't have a lot of wheels Think, there's, there's, there's a whole bit, but 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 then they they might have wheels because they got to get around. So they got wheels on bikes. It's not just about cars. It's about bikes. It's about tricycles. It's about skateboard wheels. It's about it's a, wheels on like like a dolly. It's like about a, wheels like a on push a dolly. Cart. But yeah. think about the doors though. It's about doggy doors. It's about doors on. Think about it. It's about doors on toy houses. It's about doors on dollhouses. It's about what about so many like doors. a metaphorical door? What you mean? Does that count? Like, 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 a, <laughs> like <laughs> I'm, I'm into it. <laughs> Wait a minute. Like <laughs> when someone gives you a door to walk through, you know what I mean? That's a door. <laughs> That's that counts as a door. That's what I thought. Then I'm That's, going with doors. Then I'm I, going with doors. I got that. I think I, I was going wheels, but I think you confused you, you convinced me that it's doors. <laughs> I didn't want to do that. There's, so much there's metaphorical wheels, though, too. Your wheels can be turning. Your wheels can be spinning. Oh, fuck. Oh, shit, Donnie. We quit. I don't want to, I don't want to play it anymore. I don't know, man. It's, a it's wheels. I'm back on wheels. No, no. <laughs> I'm back on wheels. <laughs> uh, okay, last one. And I want it to be the next one, Donnie. Okay, cool. Uh, from Hot Moro on IG. Uh, they want to know, what, would you rather have ghosts or roaches? Quite possibly, ghosts. The greatest question <laughs> no, that has ever been asked on Mailback. Hot moral on IG. Quite possibly the greatest Mailback question ever. So great that we are going to break this question out, and I will want Donnie to read it again. I think this is a great question. Donnie, what is you this? You can't break out. Going? No, no, no. You cannot break out questions with me looking like this. I'm oh, not. I'm not, a <laughs> I'm not a chameleon. I can find a good headshot. I'll just replace your face with a headshot. Thank you. Thank you. Right. No, give me an emoji. Give me an emoji. Right. I got you. Right. Okay. Donnie, Hot what Morrow is the question? On IG. Hot Morrow on IG wants to know: Would you rather have ghosts or roaches? Oh my God. <laughs> this is simple for me. What is it? Ghosts. I don't know. Ghosts. Roaches? I feel like roaches. I could live with ghosts. I could live with roaches easier than I live with ghosts. But how many are we talking about? See, I, that's what I, you're, you're, you're not thinking. You're not thinking about this. That means roaches can be everywhere. You're just going to be living with roaches crawling the wall, flying at you. So look, what I'm saying is I'm not, I'm not saying like, because also now you're missing the point, right? So this, well, not missing the point. So I'm saying if you're talking about terrible roaches, what's worse, terrible roaches or terrible or ghosts? Or terrible ghosts. Because oh, like, think I was about it. Good ghosts. Right. You you thinking Casper, fucking the kid from the Sixth Sense, or the, the the dude from the Sixth Sense? You're thinking about ghosts that are dope. It's some asshole ghosts, man. Some ghosts that fuck clean over you. Fucking Zool. So like, from are ghost we talking evil spirits? Fucking Does that count? Paranormal like, activity. E yeah, are we talking it's evil ghosts. spirits or just That's a like ghosts? You know, like a guardian angel. You never see. You're thinking of. <laughs> see, here's the thing: we've never seen a nice roach, so we don't Patrick think that Swayze. roaches can be nice. We've think we've seen nice ghosts, right? Because you think ghosts, shit, that could be your great grandmother, and then it's lit. She'd be in there teaching you how to cook gumbo and shit like that. But it, it's I like I could just be okay, never seeing a roach again. 
I know. But think about the ghost, man. Think about Brian getting possessed with a ghost. Think we about, know, no, no, no. You're taking we, it too far. What are you talking about? We, we, These are all the things no, that happen. No, no, no. What, what, what do you mean? These are all the things that happen when you involve ghosts. Ghosts, is, it could go a lot of different ways with ghosts. I'm I still telling say you. ghosts. Okay. You still say roaches, you mean? <laughs> You'd rather live with ghosts. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I think I'd rather have roaches. I just Clearly, can't trust you, made the, you made the case for it. You made right. the case. Right. That's enough mailbag. Uh, do you have an unexpected ally of the week? Um, I do. If I can find it. Uh, yeah. Wait, was he white or black? Wait, now that I say this, I don't know. He said his name sounds white, so I'm going to give this to him. The police chief, the Fort Lauderdale police. Fort Lauderdale police chief that was fired for allegedly minority first practices when hiring and promoting employees. I believe based on his last name that he was white. I have not seen a picture, but he looked at a wall and saw all these white policemen and police women. And he said, we need to change this. And so he was specifically trying to diversify his police force. He is my unexpected ally of the week. Definitely shouldn't been fired. He is suing are going to appeal it. So hopefully I think he's suing actually for wrongful termination. So hopefully he wins with that because why would you want fire your police chief for wanting the police department to reflect the community, which was his whole thing. So he's my unexpected ally of the week. That's amazing. That's amazing. I don't have one. I don't have an unexpected ally of the week. Okay. If I did, it'd probably be like um, star Wars related or something, but I don't have one. Sorry. Obi-Wan Kenobi trailer came out. I Ralph Lauren is launching a, a Morehouse Spellman collab. Did you see that? I don't give a fuck. It's an unexpected less. ally of the week. We're talking about somebody highlighting HBCUs. Highlight, We've been having this discussion. Them. Yeah, great. This is good. I, I, for some reason, I was a little offended. I don't know why. But <laughs> I, I, we'll talk about I, it I next week. Anything. You can tell me I why. You can tell I didn't me why. say anything bad about it on Twitter, but for some reason, it bothered me. I'm not sure why. All right. Okay. Uh, tell you thing caps off, but do not stop learning. I am Van Lathan Jr. I'm Rachel and Lindsay. We out.